This week's edition of the Detroit Bureau's Headlight News is brought to you by Toyota. Take your adventures further with the RAV4 Hybrid's advanced engine that produces an ample 219 combined net horsepower and has an EPA-estimated 40 combined MPG. A hybrid-exclusive XSE-grade pushes it further with its sport-tuned suspension and styling. Visit toyota.com slash rav4hybrid to find out more. This is the DetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein. Welcome. It was a busy week in the automotive world, and here are some of the big stories we've been covering on thedetroitbureau.com. Apple is again delaying the launch of its high-tech car, one it's been working on for nearly a decade. An insiders report that when it does come to market in 2026, it'll no longer feature completely autonomous driving. The electric Apple car will be able to operate hands-free under limited circumstances, but will now require a driver behind the wheel, always at the ready. Apple has been working on what's known inside as Project Titan for almost a decade. Ram, meanwhile, plans to reveal an all-electric pickup at the Consumer Electronics Show next month. The Ram Revolution is expected to deliver at least 400 miles of range per charge. Vietnamese automaker VinFast last week submitted the necessary paperwork to U.S. regulators to launch an IPO next year, but it didn't reveal when the public offering will take place nor how much money it hopes to raise. But the funds will help pay for both product development as well as a $2 billion manufacturing complex going into North Carolina. VinFast plans to deliver its first all-electric vehicle, a VF8, to U.S. customers by the end of this year. Today's cars are computers on wheels, and smartphone-style over-the-air updates let them download software to fix problems and add new features. Now, owners of the Polestar 2 battery electric vehicle will have the ability to order an update adding another 68 horsepower and cutting 0-60 to 60 times by nearly a half second, but the upgrade will cost nearly $2,000. There have been plenty of short-term plant shutdowns due to parts shortages, but the Jeep plant in Belvedere, Illinois, will close indefinitely come February. Parent Stellantis blames rising EV development costs, but demand for the Jeep Cherokee built at the plant has plunged. As many as 1,500 workers could be impacted. Federal regulators are investigating nearly 2 million Honda crossovers that could lose power due to driveshaft fractures. NHTSA also is looking at reports that the engines in 200,000 Jeep and Ram trucks could unexpectedly shut off. Both cases could result in new recalls. And finally, the Lincoln Corsair scored a top in the latest Made in America Auto Index, which looks at parts, labor, and other factors. It replaces last year's most Made in America vehicle, the Ford Mustang, which dropped to 22nd place. Detroit automakers dominated this year's study along with Tesla, but Honda also scored among the top brands. The Made in America Auto Index is put together each year by American University working with the Center for Automotive Research. And those are the stories making headlines on thedetroitbureau.com. Now for the week's top story, here's Joe Sesney. Thank you, Paul. Ford CEO Jim Farley says your local dealers are helping to jumpstart the company's electric vehicle program as nearly 2,000 dealers have put their money behind the effort. Ford's top executive said recently that more than 1,900 dealers have agreed to invest between $500,000 and $1.2 million individually to prepare to sell and service the company's new EVs. And those are conservative estimates for what dealers will ultimately spend according to Ford officials. 
About a third of Ford's dealers have elected to wait on EVs, which means they will sell only vehicles with internal combustion engines. But they will be given another opportunity to sign up to sell EVs in the future, Farley said. The investment of roughly $2 billion by Ford dealers is a big step toward the company's electrification goals. Many observers expected dealers to balk at the cost and the new rules. Meanwhile, GM officially launched its community charging program with the installation of its first community charging stations by dealerships in Wisconsin and Michigan. Nearly 1,000 dealers, a quarter of all GM dealers in North America, have signed on to the program, which will help push EV charging into rural and underserved areas. That's this week's top story. Now let's go to Jeff Zierschmidt, who has the review. Thanks, Joe. Ford has reimagined the compact pickup truck for the modern era, and the new Maverick Hybrid is wildly popular with a generation that has never seen a truly new mini truck. Built on the same platform as the Ford Escape and Bronco Sport compact SUVs, the Maverick Hybrid is a front-wheel drive vehicle riding on a modern four-wheel independent suspension. Buyers who want all-wheel drive can opt for an EcoBoost gas engine instead of the fuel-efficient hybrid that we tested. The 2.5-liter hybrid engine is paired with a continuously variable transmission. That package is good for 191 total system horsepower and 155 pound-feet of torque. Fuel economy is rated at 42 mpg in the city and 33 on the highway. The Maverick Hybrid will tow up to 2,000 pounds, and its payload is 1,500 pounds. The biggest win with the Maverick is its starting MSRP, which is $22,195 for the 2023 model. The Maverick is available only as a crew cab with a 54-inch bed, so you can keep valuables locked up warm and dry in the cabin and carry passengers when you need to. Simplicity is the rule for the interior, with just the features you really need. There's an 8-inch infotainment screen and a basic climate control setup, with a couple important extras like available wireless device charging. If you ever owned a mini truck from the 1970s or 1980s, you'll find the Maverick familiar, but greatly improved. The Maverick is nimble and quick like a true mini truck, but gives you all the comfort of a modern vehicle. The bottom line is, if you want an affordable, fun, useful mini truck, the Ford Maverick Hybrid is just right. Now here's Mike with the week ahead. Thanks, Jeff. Although the year is winding down, the number of big stories we're following this week is ramping up. First, we'll continue to follow the news that Stellantis is indefinitely shutting down its plant in Belvedere, Illinois. The company revealed last Friday it filed a warn notice, which is required any time a company plans to shut down a plant or engage in a mass layoff. The plant will close February 28th, officials said in the filing. The facility employs more than 1,300 people and builds the Jeep Cherokee, sales of which are down more than 60% this year. There have been rumblings the company may be looking to cut the low-selling model from its lineup. We'll have the latest on that move. We'll also follow up on the status of the ongoing UAW election. Current President Ray Curry is set to participate in a runoff election against reformist candidate Sean Fain, as well as other races that came down to round two of voting. Finally, we'll offer up some product news. The Detroit Bureau headed to San Diego last week to put some miles on the all-new Toyota Prius. Revealed during the LA Auto Show last month, the new model gets an all-new design for 2023 that pushes it more toward the mainstream. Check out our driving impressions on Wednesday morning. Naturally, we'll also cover any breaking news during the week. Now let's go to Larry Prince for a trip through automotive history. Larry? Thanks, Mike. Time to take a road trip back into the self-propelled past with This Week in Automotive History. This week in 1868, the world's first traffic light is installed at Parliament Square in London. 
Made from two mobile signs attached to pivoting arms manipulated by a lever, it's topped with a gaslit semaphore to ensure visibility. 102 years later, in 1970, Lee Iacocca becomes president of Ford Motor Company, a position he would hold for nearly eight years before Henry Ford II fires him, despite annual profits of a record $2 billion. Iacocca later said Henry Ford's reason for firing him, quote, sometimes you just don't like somebody. In 1979, the last AMC Pacer rolls off the assembly line in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Marketed as the first wide small car, it was half as wide as it was long, and its surface area is nearly 40% glass, earning the nickname the Flying Fishbowl. Initially designed for a GM rotary engine that GM shelved, AMC stuffed its ancient power plants into the already heavy car, making the economy car anything but. In the end, some 280,000 are built. And in 1981, Mitsubishi Motors North America begins selling cars under the Mitsubishi brand in the U.S. After tensions arose between Mitsubishi and Chrysler over sales of subcompact cars, leading the Japanese company to establish its own sales network. The company began by selling the Tredia sedan and the Cordia and Starion coupes through 70 dealers in 22 states. It didn't go well, however, as today Mitsubishi is owned by Nissan. Finally, in 1997, the first Toyota Prius model NHW10 goes on sale in Japan, becoming the world's first mass-produced gasoline-electric hybrid car. And that's the road we've traveled this week in automotive history. For TheDetroitBureau.com, I'm Larry Prince. Thanks, Larry, and that's it for now. You've been listening to TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein.